What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle cough! Hey, babes! Already got, uh, I saw John, uh, already got 18 in this morning. I did. I, I, that I did. You know, the uh, wise man once said, the early bird gets the worm. Probably saw a lot of worms I, out there. Yeah, early bird actually just got an omelet and a banana nice. and a cup of coffee. So, uh, <laughs> and now we're doing a podcast. Uh, this podcast on Friday, May 24th. A lot to get to. Uh, but first we start by telling you this podcast is brought to you by Upstart. Most of us has found out the hard way that getting into debt is easy. It is very easy. Getting out is hard, especially if your FICO score isn't great. Thankfully, this is where upstart.com slash ham comes into play. It's the revolutionary lending platform that offers smarter interest rates to help you pay off high interest credit card debt. Yes, guys, fast, simple, and easy. Check your rate in just a few minutes without affecting your credit score. Listen, we've all been in the red different times in our life. You know, living ain't easy, guy. Living ain't easy. Sometimes you need a little cash influx. And over 200,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards. Uh, we all get in, you know, a little over our skis sometimes and just need a little cash. The thing with credit cards, you don't realize this because you're like, oh, it's just free money. The interest rates on credit cards are usually between 20 to 25% over a year. And that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So you do the math. I didn't go to Harvard math uh, grad school, but it's not – it adds a lot of extra on the money that they're giving you. Sometimes you need to upstart.com to pay it off and uh, upstart.com slash ham. Come on. Yeah. And plus the good thing is upstart rewards you based on your education, based on your job history in the form of a smarter interest rate. See why upstart is ranked number one in their category with over 300 businesses on Trustpilot. Get on over to upstart.com slash ham. To find out how low your upstart rate is, checking your rate only takes a few minutes. Like John said, won't affect your credit. Upstart.com slash ham. And Middle Cough, this podcast brought to you, all our listeners, by Hair Club. Woo! Confidence, important. One change sometimes can make all the difference. Hair Club knows this. They understand this. They get it. Been the total hair solutions leader for four decades plus. That's the key, guy four decades plus of keeping people hair on their head. I, I say it all the time. I didn't choose this life. It chose me. If hairclub.com slash ham had been around t- almost 10 years ago now, I might still have a, a, a lettuce on top of my head that would look like Haberman's. Again, it's not just for men. It's for women too. But thinning, losing your hair, they basically have something for everyone. And the way you find out what you need is you go to hairclub.com slash ham for the free hair health and scalp analysis that's for new customers and get the $250 savings on qualifying hair club services after the initial consultation hairclub.com slash ham free hair health scalp analysis $250 savings on a qualifying hair club service free initial consultation hairclub.com slash ham hairclub.com slash ham that's right go sign up uh okay john before we get into everything guy yep i mean you did 
played Pebble Beach on Wednesday. That's a fact, Jack. <laughs> you know, that's uh, you played Pebble freaking Beach. You, you give us the give us a rundown. I, I I've been there multiple yeah. times. I've never played. Yeah, hard, John. It's very difficult. I got a lot of where's Middlecoff? What did Middlecoff shoot at Harding Park? Cam Inman it, saw him. Where's Middlecoff? Oh, that, that's that's not what Ryan Leaf kept asking you. Uh, he asked what you shot at Harding Park. Uh, told him eighty two. He went out and shot. You were telling me Ryan Leaf's a pretty good player. He shot eighty four from the uh, USGA tees. So where they're playing the U.S. Open in less than a month, he shot 84. Correct. So if he if he was like could go out there three or four days in a row, he could probably break 80. I think so because he had some shots that were he had some bad shots, like some uncharacteristically. He, a couple of them sprinkled in, but it's one thing like when you reach the green in two on a I think it was a 538 yard par four. It's their par four. It's really a par five. So he got so a were, six. Were you how far? Were no, you're, he didn't get. Sorry, that was a different hole. But that, that hole, he re, I think he reached into. Where you're teeing off usually 30 to 50 yards in front of him? Some, yeah, but there were some holes where it felt like a pitching wedge away, like 100 yards away. Was he out driving you? Uh, there were some holes, yeah. What do you think he and is? He would hit a three, like, three, like three ten, three twenty. Yeah, I don't hit. I I don't hit it very far, but you hit it like two fifty. Yeah, I mean, but not every time. But sometimes hit the three wood. Yeah, man, it's he's good. He's really good. He got invited to do a. Like they had, they got, I guess what they did was they got like 16 peop, famous people that are single handicappers to see if they could, who could break a hundred. How'd Portnoy get the invite? Pretty famous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. So we're on the range. They like shuttle you to the range. Yeah. And so we got there tea time, shotgun tea, seven thirty. And so Leaf brought me as his, he had, they told him he could bring a guest like last week. So he brought me. So, uh, after his uh, cousin, Mike said, no, so he, they shuttle you to the range. Does cousin Mike not live around this area? No, he lives in the area. He, he's the oh. pro at San Juan Oaks, which is like in Hollister on the way down. Couldn't make oh, it. So he is a golfer. He just didn't. Big golfer. <laughs> Couldn't do it. So uh, so anyway, we get there like 710. So we don't have a lot of time. Maybe 705. We don't have a lot of time to warm up. They shuttle you over to the driving range. And Steve Bono's hitting and, and, and Randy Wynn's hitting and, and uh, Cody Ross is up there hitting. You saw Randy Wynn? Randy Wynn was, I saw him from afar. I didn't, like, he was over at the end of the driving range. But, it's like, Middlecoff says he always sees you at the, on the treadmill, Randy. I should have said that to him. So, we hit, but we're quick. We're getting back, we come back out to get back on the shuttle. And, like, I saw David Force there. <laughs> he was at Pebble. And, uh, and another shuttle pulls up, and they're like, oh, this isn't the shuttle to go back. This is a different shuttle. And the doors open. This is as we're like walking up, and Portnoy walks off with full entourage. You know, like uh, everybody, Frankie and Riggs and the whole crew, <laughs> yeah. and all the dude, the two dudes that you're telling me they're all looking for his ball. I can't fucking find the ball. Yeah, uh, the two chubby guys. And I think uh, Frankie, Frankie. I, I like their. I like all their golf crew. I, well, I like Riggs and Frankie. Well, I listened on the way down to there because you told me the foreplay pod interview with Kepka was really good, and I listened to it on the way down, and it was awesome. Yeah, it was good. It was really good. Um, and Frankie's wearing like the full caddy outfit, like the whole white setup with Portnoy on the back and like the number 34. And uh, like people were laughing. People were like, because later I heard somebody say, like, you see, they got the caddy in the outfit. So they walk off and I like kind of like as they're, I'm just kind of hanging on the left and Leaf knows Portnoy. So he just walks right up to him. And so they're talking and just like everything is getting filmed, you know, just like. So hopefully I'm in the background on one of those shots. Maybe they put Leaf in the video. I don't know if the video's out yet. Would you say Leaf was the biggest human there on the range? Yeah. Like the like yeah. the Miz isn't that the Miz, Miz is I saw big. He saw the Miz. Apparently there. I'm just dropping other people's. Apparently he's going to the Miz's. Uh, uh, it might be a gender reveal party this weekend. So the Ryan Leaf and the Miz are friends. Yes. Ryan Leaf knows a lot of people. He does. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty incredible. So, uh, so we started on four. They shotgun started. We started on four. I was like, John, I want one bird. Who was the most famous guy in the morning group that you saw? Uh, I like, think was there, Leaf. I, I think is, there were yeah. some people there that I don't recognize that are probably pretty famous. I didn't go back. Like, you know like what I mean? Actors or something? Yeah, or like, um, I think Chris Harrison was there. I don't know who that is. The host of like The Bachelor. Okay. But yeah, I saw yeah. that later on, like, Instagram. I didn't see him there. Uh, that's pretty famous. 
Yeah, that'd be famous. Um, who else was there? I don't know. I'll, I'll I mean, uh, I, 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 you might have been playing golf with the most famous guy there. Potentially. I mean, I, I can't imagine too many people shot a lower. There were some good. Oh, Bodie Miller was there. That's, he's pretty famous. Bodie, I, I saw him hit a one iron. They had like a spot, actually. I think he's a good player, right? Well, yeah. Bodie. You know where Jack Nicholas in 72 hit a one iron, like 230, 225 yards into a 30 mile an hour win? He already had the lead by watching, three. I was watching with my dad. Yeah. 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 He <laughs> apparently, but. I had to go back and watch the YouTube yesterday. He was up by three strokes going into 17, and he still, like, went for the pin instead of, like, you know, playing it easy because it was a 30-mile. He hits the pin with a one-iron. So they had a one-iron there that you could try and hit, and Bodie Miller smoked it. What what, what, what was the uh, famous statement? Only God and Jack can hit a one-iron? Yeah. And not Haberman? Not, well, I bought a two-iron on the way down at Golfsmith for 10 bucks. And the guy said to me, I was like, I never see these here. And he's like, well, no one's dumb enough to think they can hit them. But I've always wanted to hit like the Tiger Woods stinger. So wasn't what was the uh, the gift shop pretty affordable? <laughs> gift shop so expensive. I bought a have zip you, up. Have you ever seen like a pullover? No, costume? I thought for sure I'd get down there and find something. I was like, you know, I'm not paying to play. I'm not paying for the caddy. I can just. So I spent hundred dollars on a pullover with the logo, whatever. Hundred? I was like, if I spend one fifty, I could stomach it. But there was one item I saw under $200, like, in that category, and it was the one I got. But they were, like, $350 for, like, it's like a, a Jay Lindbergh. With- I didn't even look at college shirts because I don't – I just – all I want – I just needed a zip-up because it was windy. I don't really have anything that could even qualify as, like, gear that you'd wear in the mist. What was a hat? Oh, 50 bucks. I didn't look because the only one I wanted they didn't have, which was, like, the gray Nike one that Haberman and Middlecoff wear. I wanted one of those with the open logo with the open logo on the side. Did they have a lot of open logos on shit in there? They had, like, a separate store that had open logos. I didn't see you, that. You know what that speaks to is, like, famously how cheap everything is at Augusta. Like, you just go there. Sandwich is 5 bucks. Right. You get a hat, 25 Like, it all... But also, like, what was Band and Dunes like? What was the Band and Dunes gift shop like? Nothing. Like destination like, golf courses. Yeah, but it was. I mean, it was like airport prices, but it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, you you were one hundred and twenty dollars for a pullover that probably cost eighty. You know, at like a mall, right? right, it, right. So you're upcharging, but it's not. I mean, I, I can't imagine seeing a jacket for three hundred fifty dollars. And that wasn't even the most expensive one. Do, are you a USGA member? Because I think I saw yeah. Bob Lang, who you saw the day before at Niners practice, because you were out there beating, grinding, beating the bushes. Uh. Told me if you're if you're a USGA member, there's like a there's a discount at like USGA stores. USGA members like eighty bucks is where you keep your handicap. Probably worth it. So, um, if anyone's going, maybe think ahead. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Uh. So hope maybe we might play golf next week. If we do, I'll bring you the two iron and you can try and hit it. Uh, What do you guys do for lunch? Uh, they had they had like a buffet lunch there. Would everyone kind of eat like you were eating with all the famous people? We were one of the last groups to finish. Like, did you eat lunch with Portnoy? Didn't see him after that. We we he crossed fair like he was on another fairway walking when we were walking the other way. We saw him. Um, there was there was this group of dudes. So I saw Joe Lacob's house. There was one house. So we, there's this group of dudes in this sweet house, and there's like 15 guys just hanging out on the porch at you know 10 a.m. They're just all sitting out there. And uh, so maybe they're renting the house, you know, for the week or something. I don't know. And we get up to the tee box, and they are right there. And they're like, you missed the pharaoh. You have to come do a shot of whiskey. It was kind of fun because no one, like a lot of holes, no one was around. So you like pretend like you're U.S. Open pressure. And I actually had a good drive and hit the fairway. And they're like, well, you can have some whiskey anyway. So I go over there. And did they recognize Leaf? No. I, they didn't, if they did, they didn't say anything. And I go over there and they pour a red cup that was more than, it was like a triple shot of whiskey. And I take a drink of it. I drink it like it's a shot and walk on, say thanks. And, and like three minutes later, middle cough, it hits me. I have not eaten today. And I just did two, like a two or three shot of whiskey at, that was 10, 15 a.m. Yes. And it was, uh, I got to tell you, that hole was a struggle. Well, it usually and I out, chipped guys. in for par from yeah, like loose, off the green. Yeah, but I'm usually up. opposite. I'm not a drinking doesn't drinking when I play my best. Really, at the at the right buzz because just it loosens you up. You know, because usually you're tight. You know, you're overthinking yeah, shit. I, it just doesn't allow you. That's I mean that's where daily 
was saying some of his best rounds. He doesn't even remember. Now, he might have been on the extreme end. But, uh, but yeah, the, so the course is pretty – I mean, it's just – it's hard oh. to beat some of those views. So instead know? of me just talking about my shitty round, it was fun. I didn't keep score, but I had some good holes. But here's the information that might be relevant to you and our listeners when it comes to uh, maybe gambling on the open. The uh, the caddies that we were with said they think no better than two under will win this tournament this year based on the course. Did they say Kepka, Dustin, their favorites? Uh, well, I said Kepka. They're like, well, you know, you don't necessarily have to be Kepka out here. Although it sure as hell looks like you have to be. I mean, you can crush the ball out there if you could crush it. There's room to crush it. So, but it doesn't necessarily like the other course that they just played right. rewards much deeper hitters than yeah. Pebble. Like so, that's why I think more good players are going to be in the mix in this thing. I saw on Twitter that Tiger was out there yesterday. He was. He's pl- and he's playing this week. So I think I would imagine because he only played two rounds at. Beth Page, <laughs> a, a little embarrassment slash. I, he just needs to get in the mix. Right? I do. He just you, needs to kind of get going. I give him a chance. This uh, I, I give do him a too. chance just because well, I think we saw his experience at the Masters pay off so much. Well, and probably even more than Beth Page, which wouldn't you say more than likely was a crowd that the majority of people were from that greater New York, New Jersey area. This crowd at the U.S. Open will probably be people all over just the west it's just kind of a destination like maybe you're just on vacation given the time of year i can't imagine it being much like the fucking juice and the vibe out there for tiger is gonna be enormous right yeah yeah yeah. so hopefully uh hopefully wins hopefully he does i'd be good with that i'd be honestly after listening to the kepka interview i'd be good with kepka winning i like yeah i mean kepka is pretty fucking incredible uh, all right, John, the uh, NBA is still going on despite what it may seem like. I don't know about you. I, my neighbor, Josh, who's a big listener, uh, Josh Tobin, texted me. Yo, yo. Time. Yeah, he came to the uh, the live show. He texted me yesterday. He's like, uh, uh, I'm not scared of either one of these teams. And I said, I'm not entertained by either one of these teams. But we'll get to You're that. You're not entertained? I mean, I'm kind of entertained. I mean, I enjoyed the game, Raptors, Bucks, but I don't like who are we watching outside of the two-star players? Yeah, just watching two-star players. It kind of feels like the playoffs. And, and let's call it what it is. One of them, I saw someone tweeted it in my timeline, like Bob Myers was saying, the regular season and the playoffs aren't even the same sport because you don't really game plan in the regular season. In the playoffs, you absolutely game plan. And right. the amount, once the series starts – you game plan game to game is just crazy. Like there was one shot last night when the Bucks were kind of falling apart and Giannis was bringing the ball up and they had a great camera angle on the replay where four Bucks just converged on him. It was like, we don't give a shit about any of these other guys. And he's just, for as great as he is, he still has a long way to go. I was texting with a buddy that's a big Sixer fan I think him and Embiid have a lot of similarities. They're clearly two of the most physically gifted players in the league and two guys. Now Giannis is much more durable that if you told said Embiid's going to be healthy for the next 10 years, like those two guys have the highest ceiling of probably anyone in the NBA. Yeah. But they're still a long way from their Like Giannis can't shoot jumpers. Guy. I know it's crazy. So you can't just have an unlimited dunks in the playoffs against well-coached teams. Well, that's why I'm watching him going like, is, does he, who does he, he, he's like Kevin, except I remember Kevin in college just raining 30-footers, right? Yeah, Kevin, Kevin could always shoot, so they're not, to me, to me he's like, the comparison that fits is he's like the wing version of Shaq, because he's physically unlike anyone else, but when you're the wing version, you still got to dribble by guys, and you know, in the playoffs, remember what they did with LeBron way back in the day, it was like, you're not going to go by us, just shoot jumpers, and then right. eventually LeBron learned and he became unstoppable. Why would you not sag off Giannis like five feet? He had a couple, but you just live with it. Right. I do you. So the Warriors had the statement that uh, Kevin Durant will not play at least the beginning of the finals, which are still like really not quick on, on Giannis. Like, do you think Giannis? I, I think we jump the shark a lot on NBA players. The chances that he ever developed some great jump, even a good jump, no. a LeBron level jump shot, you'd probably say are probably less than 50 50. Yeah, right? I do think people think like if you can defend or you can't defend, like that's not going to change. Shooting, you can get better at. But I was just watching him going, 
when it's all said and done, are we going to talk about him like he's better than Kevin Durant? I think the answer to that is going to be no. You agree with that? Yeah, like what are, what the, are the odds that he just goes down as a better player than Kevin Durant? I'd say less than 1%. And this is the guy that right now, if you polled everybody and said, who are you starting a franchise with? They'd say him. And I think they'd be wrong. But, you know, right? Well, don't don't yeah, you think you, most you people argue. would I mean, say Giannis right now? Start a yeah. franchise. Not who do you want today. Like uh, the legitimate guy in the league you can have for the next 10 years, you, you'd probably be crazy not to pick right. him. Because I, you saw this year, he led them to 60 wins, and he's not even close to as good as he can be. So, yeah, I, I'm crushing the guy. I'm thinking, like, yeah, he's fucking pretty good. But, he won't, like, but I mean, odds are he won't be as great as Kevin. Well, guy, I mean, Kevin at 24 was just way – yeah, I don't, I don't think – I think it's borderline impossible that it'll uh, yeah, it's I do too. I and and here's and and so the Warriors are going to go out, go into the finals without that guy. And I don't. We've been talking about this. The longer this goes on, he hasn't been cleared for practice yet. <laughs> the finals less than a week away. That's a long way away. Unless you're trying to come back from an injury, it's not that far away. I'll ask it. We've talked about it again. You asked me a while ago, is he going to skip the parade? I said no way. But that was before he got hurt. Now it's like, well, if he doesn't play. If he doesn't play in these finals, and it does feel like at this point that's on the table, right? That he doesn't play in these finals. You always thought I was kind of crazy for thinking. I did. If he's already gone, I get the parade's fun, but it's almost like I, I don't even know what a apt comparison would be or analogy be like, you know, you're in a divorce. The divorce is finalized. Like, do you still go to the parent-teacher conference if all the – you know, it's just – I guess you can still do things like for the betterment of the bigger picture. He probably, maybe I was kind of crazy, probably still would have gone to the parade. But you have to admit now, I think it's fair to say more than likely he's not going to play the rest of the season. He is much worse than they ever let on. The Warriors consistently lie about injuries, which I don't blame them. There's no league rules. But the NBA, and I'll give Winhorse a lot of credit. He's talked about this for a while. You cannot, the way gambling is working and the NBA acts like they're, you, they need to get a better formula. Like, I don't blame the – there is no protocol or mandate. But, like, as a gambler, like, we thought Kevin might be back for the fucking Portland series. You know, it turns out there was no chance he was ever coming back for that series. Like, his injury was really bad, which is fine, you know, but we had no clue on the outside. Now, Vegas – who knows if anyone knew beside the Warriors. But I, I think it's pretty clear that if the Warriors win the championship and he does not play – not a hot, trying to be hot takey here. Does it hurt his legacy or whatever? Regardless, like it's not the best look for him. I think. And, yeah. And just it's going to be around. Like right now, if you had to bet, let's just do a normal like fifty dollars. You had to put a fifty dollar bill on the table. They win, I give you the scenario. They win the championship, and he's leaving. You go. He attends the parade with the fifty dollars, or he doesn't ten, attend the parade with. I go. He he attends the parade. You agree it'd be a little awkward if the elephant in the room is like everyone's like he's gone. Oh yeah, I don't. That's not. And, and they I, I'm won not, it, and Steph was the MVP, and they were awesome. Look, Let's say they sweep the finals. I'm not overly confident in it, but I still think it'd be pretty nuts because I think not. I think skipping the parade. But I think you. Th- I think you'd think twice if I went from fifty dollars. Let's say it was make it yeah, five hundred dollars. I think twice. No matter. I'm thinking twice on fifty. I. I just. I, I'm probably sixty percent confident. You know, which is not that confident. Um, but would you I, say if I think the parade that's a telltale sign that he's gone? <laughs> I think skipping the parade would be worse than leaving. Why you say that? Well, leaving I can get. I understand. Like leaving, you've won titles. You want you want to? Can I do this on my own, or can I do it in a different place, or whatever? Like, fine. Skipping the parade's kind of showing it was all about me. Like I'm a huge me. Skipping guy. the parade is like. You're skipping the parades would be on another level because no one's telling you not to come, first of all. And secondly, whether you're here or not next year, this is the 2018-2019 Warriors. You were on but, that team. You were on, but I, but you I were think, on the 2018-2019 Warriors. You were on that team. Uh, yeah, and but they I have think, an end-of-the-year party. And yeah, you didn't come to the end-of-the-year party. won championships. I, I think skipping the parade would basically validate like why he's leaving. They're not, they don't all like each other. You know? They kind of, I, I agree it'd be... It'd be an enormous story. I like can't to me, if you don't, that. if you if you don't, if you go to the parade and you come back with the Knicks, you give me credit. Listen, the first person that ever brought up skipping the parade because it's going to be talked about a lot if it happens. You heard it here first. Yeah, like, but yes, yes, you do get credit for that. For just 
because even though he had, even though I think it's crazy when he wasn't hurt, the fact that it would be a consideration if he was hurt, if he is hurt, like he is right now, if he doesn't play, means that it should have been more of a consideration than I gave you credit for when he was healthy. Because so, again, but but listen, I, but listen. I here's the thing. The, Hold I on. I just think shit was crazy. If yeah. he, yeah, you're right. You're right. You are first and the only. No one even jumped on that bandwagon. No one even was like, I was like, oh, you know what? Good point, John. I'm with you. No one was like stealing that take. People were like, people let him have it. Ba- people thought I was batshit crazy. Um, but if he goes, wins the championship, doesn't play in the finals, wins the championship, though, he goes to the parade and then goes to the Knicks. The Knicks come to play the Warriors next year at Chase. I think he gets applause. If he skips the parade, then I don't know what happens. I still think he gets applause on another team. They win the title, even if he doesn't play. Because in the end, people go, you know what? Thank you. You were great. The one I I question the applause is if he skips the parade and then things come out where like Draymond hated him and like he was kind of a dick to Steph. You'd be like, fuck this guy. Well, yeah. Like that to true. me, that's that has potential. Now, I think the Warriors will be somewhat sensitive. Like they're smart enough to realize you don't badmouth people on their way out to bad look. But I do think this: the Warriors players are smart, and if they win it, they might do a little leak and like, fuck this dude. You know, we had to deal with this bullshit and Rich Kleiman and fucking Jay Williams. You know. Again, when Kevin Durant yesterday retweeted the uh, video of the boardroom and the three guys in it were Jay Williams, Rich Kleiman, and some other dude, oh, the dude that owns Fanatics or whatever, that owns the Phillies or the uh, Sixers, it's like, guys, can everyone, can even the most loyalist people that think the media is just nuts, like the Derek Poppas of the world, like, middle cop, what are you talking about? Like, you understand that Jay Williams didn't just pull that take out of his ass? That that take 1,000% either came from Kevin or Rich or a combination of them both. Can everyone that's listening to this acknowledge? Or at least just, well, and I think, John, it doesn't have to come from them. It's just at least that message is approved or shared by them. Yeah, it's been talked about. It's come up in conversation. Again, because I think most people are like, that's the most absurd. Who even thinks like that? I don't know. Kevin fucking Durant. Because that's, to me, that's where you go like, hey, I love Jay, but I do not share that opinion, you know? Like, Jay's on his own on that one, if you don't feel that way. Yeah. Be like, listen, I know we work with – they can chant for MVP, but that's the type stuff, guy. Those are the type takes that I think typically when they get out where people go, God, these NBA players, I mean, we talk about diva drama, fuck, what is wrong with these guys? That is your classic, like, I, I can't even believe we're talking – like, that is a classic NBA story. Is it not? Yeah. Like, that type – that, that a, is. Yeah. What What's your percentage – that he would show up to the parade. If he does not come back in the finals and they win the finals. Yeah. If he doesn't come back. I, I mean, you're asking the wrong guy. Cause I thought if he stayed, even if he won like the finals MVP, it was like less than 90. I'm going to go like 30%. I, I honestly, and if, guy, he play, and if he plays in the finals, I, if he comes back, I, I it would have to be close to a hundred percent because that was so that he like still wants to be a part of this and wants to be a right. part of the championship. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know where you stand, but I do believe the reports like one foot out the door. He's already been talking oh, to other players. Like, I do I, I too. Think, like to me, the fact that there's a report like the you're Clippers, naive, like at this point, he's gone. I don't know exactly where, but he's gone. Do you agree with that sentiment? He's gone. I would be floored. I'd be more floored than when he came. If he came I, back. Because I thought by the time he came, it was like, the Warriors are not fucking around. They're That's trying true. to land this guy. But, like, if you had told me, like... No, talk, I'm, I agree with you. Yeah, I'm saying, I'm going like, to be even like, more floored. If you had told me the year before he left OKC he was going to be a Warrior, I'd be more floored than that, right, if he came back. If you told me Middlecoff checked Twitter, and then it's whoa saying, Kevin Durant has just re-signed with the Warriors, I would be, ab- I'm with you, floored. Because that feels like less than a percent chance right yeah. now. And if that's the case, which we both, which I agree with here's your premise other, that it is, question. then I shouldn't be that shocked if he skips the parade. D- deep down, obviously Lakeham wants him to stay. Steve Kerr wants him to stay. Bob Myers wants him to stay. Steph, Clay, and Draymond. If you were, if you knew them like you know me, mm-hmm. and you were just talking to them in your living room, just BSing, what do you think each of them would say? I I don't think. 
like understanding he gives them the best chance to win. Yeah, I, I think we is, all understand. They no, no, I'm, but I'm just saying, like, I do think those guys, even if they don't want him back, would understand, like, if my end goal is to win as many championships as possible, then having him back helps me reach that goal. So I'm just saying, I don't know if it's the same thing necessarily. Do I want him back, and would I try to I get him back? You, what if I told you that you're going to do get a couple good, like, really good? But like, yeah, I think they're like, yeah, I... I think they'd be fine without him. Like Livingston retires, and then you're able to get like a Brooke Lopez and someone, you know, like a Middleton's too good. But, you know, like a, just a Tyreek Evans before he got kicked out. Just a couple guys like that to help them out. I know? wonder if them, like, they always believed in themselves. I always, you always believed in them without Kevin, I think. Um, but I do wonder if the conversations have changed in the last week, week and a half. I think it, but it dipped a little guy because it's like anything out of sight, out of mind. I kind of forgotten. Yeah. And it's like, God, is Steph really that good? Yeah, he is fucking good. Well, here's you know, the, he, he just averaged 37 in the Western oh, Conference. Yeah, Steph, by the way, John, no respect, Steph. Steph gets no love. NBA first team, Steph. NBA first team, Steph gets no love, Steph. NBA first team. So, but who every, says that? Well, every, the Warriors fans who think like Rockets Twitter is like represents the world. Well, but I, but I think their point is, in fairness, that a lot of people on social media, where a lot of NBA people live, which is a problem for the league, it's why ratings are cratering. Uh, you gotta, we need people to actually watch the games, not just bullshit about it on social media. That a lot of other teams, and even just pundits at times, can talk a lot of shit about him more than typical stars. I guess, yeah, sure, but he's first team All NBA, so somebody voted him first team All NBA. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Guy, so MVP chance I, legit. If you're a first team All NBA player, then you might, then you might be the MVP. I don't know how many MVPs Magic won, but I think it's pretty clear. Magic's clearly probably going to be forever the best. Probably even take someone better to Steph to pass him because he in 12 years went to nine NBA Finals. But Steph, his five-year run he's on right now, guy. Three first teams, a second team, and a third team. And the third team last year was a little questionable because he missed some time. I mean, he was – there weren't four better point guards. You know, it just it just was one of those years. Two MVPs, three championships, maybe a fourth. Like, it it has to be one of the truly great, like, non-Magic, non-Bird, Russell, Michael, like, th- four or five players, five-year stretches in NBA history. I mean, LeBron had a pretty incredible one in, like, two years in Miami, the third year in Miami, and then two years in Cleveland. So, like, there's three years in Miami, then the first right, two years in Cleveland right. were about as fucking good as you get. But it's Steph's five-year run has been borderline historic. Like there are, I mean, you can count like on one hand, maybe a couple fingers on hand too, players that have had a better five-year stretch than that human being. Because again, his one down year, he got third team again because he just because he missed some time and he ended up winning the championship. So like he racked up a chip, five years, chips, two MVPs, three first team All NBAs and a second team All NBA, and widely regarded as a top two or three player in the game during that stretch. Now the haters will be like. Would he have had four championships if he hadn't got one of the other best players in the game? And I think you could argue that. But I, I think as we've talked about over the last week, would they have four? No, but they probably have at least two. Yeah, I mean, but like Magic played with scrubs? Come on. No, but I, no, but I, I think part of it was, can you imagine if Magic would have got like in like 1987, like, Charles Barkley, you know, or something like that. It was pretty crazy. No, I know. I, I'm not denying that it's crazy. I'm just saying, like, everyone's always been out of shape about what would have happened if something else had happened. But here's what I know is he well, won the my, my thing is that that's really the only kind of, I guess, asterisk. I can't even say that word. Asterisk. 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 She's going fourth in the draft. He's from uh, Yugoslavia. <laughs> it's, that'd be the one red flag kind of on the resume. And it's not even a red flag, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, no, I hear you. The one thing you would attack if you were little, doing a debate. little inflated. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of uh, first and second team stuff, how about Clay? Who I love Clay's. Clay to me was the closest thing to Magic. Uh, Magic's uh, appearance on uh, First Things First, or no? First take. First take. Is that what it's still called? First take. First. No. Well, that's the one he did with Stephen A. Smith and Max Keller. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So um, works. Clay's eye roll quote. When they told him Kemba made third team at all NBA, not they, Anthony Slater told him. Uh, I loved that press conference from Clay. Just like not afraid to be pissed, not afraid to show that he just, I kind of sucks that he, that's how we found out. Slater broke him the news. 
but I was like, I love that Clay was just Clay um, <clears throat> in that answer, and I think he has the right to be pissed. Like I, I love that he didn't in the same way we for the stuff we liked about Magic, although I don't think it was perfect, but I just love that Clay had no problem saying, yeah, there, there is some individual stuff here that I want too. Like you can say that without being selfish, without being afraid of being selfish. We talked about this the other day. I don't remember who we were talking about, but it's okay to say, yeah, I got some goals for me also. That's fine. And not be anti-team. And like, I, I don't know. I loved it. I loved that he I, cared I, about it. I, I thought it was the perfect balance and he's the ultimate get it guy that you can't complain about money when you're going to make that much money. And he didn't like, right. he didn't say like, I got fucked out of $30 million right. because again, we're in the middle of a war on the rich. It's weird how the media does that. Like they hate the super rich unless they're like athletes. It's kind of weird that way, but clay, get, clay gets it. And he's, he's always been over the top of like how good I have it. Cause again, he's only going to be able to sign for $190 million. To me, his point was, this system and my issue guy is that the max system is based on the based on the regular season and the regular season especially these last three or four years with all these teams tanking half the league not trying with so many players resting it's like i get it in theory and in the in the meeting i can imagine it was like this super progressive way to kind of figure this out judge it with the media the max determined it kind of makes sense i could see where in the meeting when they argued and negotiated it it was like most people left think that's a really good idea right they probably thought like look it'll make guys play in the regular season because they know it's going to matter but but i think you often think that like progressive ideas at the time when the idea is made it makes a lot of sense and then in reality now i don't know if it's ever made less sense because the regular season has never meant less and like if I was arguing against Clay, I'd be like, Clay, well, you guys kind of mailed in a large portion of the season. But I think ultimately his point is like, when the games matter the most, I clearly, I mean, 1,000% am a top six guard. That's not None of these people even voting would argue that. Like, there's not a team in the league that would rather have Kemba Walker over Clay Thompson. Money were gone, right? Now, Kemba's actually able to make more money. But I'm just saying if you could pay him each $35 million, Every fucking GM and head coach in the league would check Clay Thompson, right? Uh, who was the other guy? I guess Westbrook. Yeah, Westbrook I'd made say, the third team. I'd say every team in the league would take Clay over Russell too. Now you would. The difference is you'd be fighting to find like Clay. Clay's a unique max guy, right? Because you do need a better player than Clay. Like Clay can't be your A guy. But if he's your second max guy, he's perfect, right? If you have Kevin Durant or you have LeBron James or you have Joel Embiid or like he'd fit on all these teams as the number two. Right. And you need, if you're going to win a championship, you need more than one. And you, you need more than one and he plays both ways. I My issue is just thinking about it yesterday, it is kind of nuts. And I get why some people in the media say they're uncomfortable with it. Like you are determining a lot of money now yeah, and a not a $250,000 bonus, $31 million. You're still making $191 million. Sure. Or $170 million. But what I, like I could understand if it's like if for a guy making 190, it's like you get a, there's like a contract bump. You get like an extra 250 for a team. You know, it's just like in your contract that you get like in the NFL, you get a pro bowl. We'll give you a little something, but in terms of being, relating to how much you can make on your next deal. Like I don't get that's it's wild. And I think you need first team and second team. It's like all this stuff. It's all just ways to keep your team, keep your sport in the new cycle. And like, I'm, I wouldn't eliminate having first, second, third team. All that stuff is cool, but like, you can't have a system where that vote. You agree that the NBA system, right, the NBA system right now is kind of screwed up, even with these max contracts. Like they got to go into the lab and figure this out because too many players are making way too much money given that the cap is not going up. Like Rudy Gobert, I tweeted this yesterday. He is now eligible. His next contract guy, $247 million. $247 million. He's a good player. He's arguably their second best player. There is no chance on God's green earth that the Utah GM would feel good about signing that contract. Right. You know, would you feel good about signing like five years, $200 million? Not unless the cap's I, going up, but I got nothing but cash on hand. But the, but these caps, the cap is hasn't risen. Yeah, at all. I know, I know. I, I I think it's 
I think the regular season thing is a big issue. Like baseball, I know I'm not going to see the best pitcher every day, but so what? I There's 162 games. I'll see him next time. But it doesn't work like that in the NBA. In football, everybody plays. There's not that many games. But the but basketball is got a couple major issues. That's one of them. I like what they did with the lottery. That helps tanking a little, but these guys got to got to they got to play. Uh, that's not what we're talking about here, but yeah, but I, but I think like Clay's mad and he's right, but it's also like Clay. I've watched him most of this year. Now you don't mail it in, but you kind of do. I mean, your team does. You as a group do, and I don't blame you. But you guys don't give a shit for like five of the six months, right? You, you, I, I, I think I feel pretty confident saying of the eighty-two games this year, going into the game, not like in the second half when they're kind of into it, like legitimately going into the game. I'd say they took seven to nine games seriously. A couple of those Denver games when Denver was getting blown. Couple like, couple not even. I mean, one Laker game they got blown out. I don't even know. Nine might feel high. Like legitimately, like this is a big game. <laughs> but I will say Maybe this, John. Five? Kemba played eighty-two games this year. Guy, yeah, I got no Clay, problem. Kemba Clay, it. Clay played seventy-eight. Kemba was good this year. I'm, I'm just saying, Clay played seventy-eight games. So it's not like Clay played 62, 65, 70 even. He played 78 games. Yeah. I mean, he's still going to make $190 million. Yeah, I'm not mad for it. It just seems like it's a lot of money to exchange hands. Like Kirk, I guess, Kirk, like a Kirk too. Joe Lacob saved some cash. I was thinking about Instagramming at Kirk. Like, can I get those tickets? Are you my guardian? Yeah, I was thinking about involving you somehow, kind of making fun of it. Just giving away some tickets. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I like Clay. I like pissed off Clay. That makes me excited. How about Clay for finals MVP? If Steph doesn't win it this year, maybe he's never destined to win it. It'd be pretty hard for him not to win it if he's averaging 30-plus. Because he's going to get some, like... Yeah. He, he's going to get some. There is no way this guy's career can end without him being a final. And the enemy. irony is if Kevin was healthy for the final, Steph probably it'd be hard for Steph to win it just based on yeah. what we were seeing, the way they were playing before Steph, before KD went out. What if KD tries to come back to seal that award? Like game three, he comes back, but he, go, he tries to go for like 50 in game three and game four. He tries to come back, steal the award, and then leave. That would really piss off Warriors fans. What if he did that? Came back. Got the award, then didn't go to the parade, and then they leaked some stuff. Like they just thought he was coming back to steal the award. Would people? Would he get a standing up? No. No chance. I I, the, I I would struggle to work in basketball. The the amount of and the Warriors are so lucky because their players don't need their egos massaged twenty four seven. Like Draymond, like you can tell him, yeah, he's fat, and he's like, yeah, I know, I need to get in shape. Like no other NBA player, you now most of them aren't fat, so you don't need to tell them that. <laughs> but I'm just saying, even when they're out of shape, like you can't, like John Wall, you can't tell him that. Like Kevin Durant, you can't be critical of anything he does. And I think it's looking back, guy, when he leaves, it is pretty nuts that when Draymond quote unquote crossed the line, they sided with Kevin. Like it's, I think they almost owe Draymond an apology. You know, like they suspended him without pay for a game. Yeah, for I also Kevin's think back for a guy that was leaving. Yeah, no, I'm not saying. I, I think, don't you think everyone kind of gets the game they're playing though? But it wouldn't bother me if Draymond's like, you know what, that pissed me off. They yeah. sided with. No, I. He might say it too one day. And or maybe he might say like, listen, I just had to grow up this year a little bit, just in general. Well, and he has said that right. Like, hey, I yeah. realized like the guy I watched, that guy who was whining about every call, like that's. Like that's not that's not okay. Like I don't want to be that guy. Um, and I, I wasn't raised as a basketball player in the fucking Izzo school of hoops to be like this, right? Right. This this was not. This would disgust Tom Izzo. Like this is, this is not the way that I was molded. And I think just like anything, <clears throat> your ego grows. It's happened to it happened to me in radio. You just think you're untouchable, and sometimes it's good to be humbled every once in a while. It helps you refocus. It's like when Kepka said they started chanting DJ and helped him kind of lock in. Start feeling yourself. But do you think that after uh, 
after uh, you got in the elevator for the final time at uh, Intercom San Francisco Studios, you felt like no, you had that, lost that's, or that's, won? That's, that's, no, I, I've always felt like I won. But, yeah, I know. you know, just the way you conduct yourself sometimes, you know, there's just, you can be better at things that are just unnecessary, yeah. you know? Yeah, no doubt. Um, okay, you were out at 49ers practice the other day. A lot happened while you were out there. Jimmy Garoppolo made his great return. Nick Bosa got hurt. Uh, Jimmy Ward is now hurt. Grade one hammy for Bosa. Fractured collarbone for Jimmy Ward. Uh, not a good start. Some people just aren't there yet. You texted me from practice about uh, Nick, and then you, I also saw some of your uh, Jimmy Garoppolo videos. But um, And then we talked to Jim Nagy the other day. He said Wes Welker loves, loves Debo Samuel, and, and you told me Debo looked good. But uh, just take us through, John. Nick Bosa gets hurt. What's happened out there? Wasn't it, did, it, did everybody see it when you realized what had happened? Yeah, I got a lot of this. Like, where was Kyle when Nick went down? Well, he didn't go down because there. You don't really go down. That's why I don't understand about Jimmy Ward. I guess he dove for a ball. This isn't. This is country club time. I mean, they're kind of working, but it's not super hard working. There's no pads or anything. They were doing D line getoffs, guy. D line getoffs. You know the classic drill in the D-line get-offs where they take, especially this time of year, two or three guys that the D-line coach doesn't even know their name. They're literally the 89th and 90th guy on the roster. And he makes them, they just stand there, offensive lineman, and yeah. he snaps the ball on a stick, and they take one step back. And then there's another defensive lineman in the backfield acting as a running back, and they point, and then the guy just kind of chases them. After one drill, Nick just stopped. And then he kind of goes to the sideline, and he just never went back in the rest of practice. And he kept grabbing at his leg. And at one point in time, probably standing five or ten feet away from him, you could see it on his face like, this can't fucking be happening to me right now. Like, this is insane. You know, you honestly kind of felt bad for him. But you take a step back from feeling bad for him, that's a disastrous start. Now it's May 20th when it happened, May 22nd. It's May 24th now. The story yesterday, he's going to be out until training camp. Not that big of a deal as long as he plays this year, but you it's not really arguable. This is a disastrous start for someone. Like if to me, if Debo had pulled a hammy, who's been he's been held Joe Staley, let's say. But this happened to the guy that's the number one red flag is injuries guy. It's yeah, not AC, good. ACL in high school, uh what was it like a, a intercostal or, yeah. or whatever? Yeah. Uh in college. Was it it wasn't a groin, right? It was like an ab deal surgery. Well, he just, I think he had the sports hernia surgery. Gotcha. So, yeah. And then, like, you I think the ab and the the growing is connected. I mean, all stuff, like, Doug Christie, there you go. I knew you'd get it. I'm trying to take the pressure off and not call attention to it. I'll let you swing free and easy. Um, I think the ab and growing are connected, right? Uh, probably, yeah, they're in the same vicinity because the, the hernia is right up there, like in the lower stomach. Well, that, that's region. what I thought, like when he pulled his hammy, that area, right, is then connected right to, you just go from the ab to down and your hammy. If it's all not working in conjunction, again, I'm no doctor, but you'd go, yeah, he's probably, maybe he's kind of the Derrick Rose syndrome, like one thing leads to another and then leads to another. And they're all kind of, you just work your way down. Could they be connected? Doug Christie, you remember what we talk about with him. He'd always say, like, you hurt one thing on one side of your body. I'd be interested, like, exactly the where the injuries were. You hurt one thing on one side of your body. Now you're compensating. You hurt something on the other side of your body. Um, so, yeah, man, I it's concerning. I It's concerning given that um, this organization's had a history of injuries, that Ruben was hurt a lot. He was a first-round pick. And that they just changed their training staff because they thought clearly that there were injuries that could have been prevented or weren't being healed fast enough or whatever. And now the number one pick is not on the field. Like I, I probably used to do more of the context of injuries, which does matter. But the bottom line is the guy's not on the field. He's not on the field. He's not on the practice field. He's not on the practice field. And so you either can count on a guy or you can't. And we don't know whether or not we can count on Nick Bosa yet. Have I been saying Nick this whole time? Because I almost said Joey. Yeah, you've been right. All right, I almost said Joey right there. Um, we don't know yet if you can count on him or not, but I know there's two columns, and this one goes down in one of the columns. It goes down in the not on the field column. That's all. That's well, I, I, I've been thinking. I've been thinking about this for Jimmy. His two injuries, because people are like they haven't been related, right? You're like context of injuries. 
ACL and a shoulder. They've both happened. Both the injuries happen outside of the pocket. So you go, is he injury prone? Well, let's say maybe he's not injury prone. But I know his playing style, given a guy that scrambles behind the line of scrimmage, is conducive to getting hurt. One was on the left side of the pocket. The other was on the right side of the pocket near the near the out-of-bounds lines. What happens when you go outside the pocket? You let defenders run unencumbered, fucking free shots, no one blocking, at full speed. So the one time against Miami, I don't know if it was a linebacker or D lineman, gets a free sprint last year. Who hit him? I think it was a linebacker at the sideline running full speed. Joe Staley is not standing in front of you. So even if you get sacked, if you think about it, most of the injuries inside the pocket for quarterbacks are kind of freaky, right? Right. Or either the hits the leg. You've seen some like concussions sometimes yeah. when a guy goes like completely untouched. Chin. Right. But it but it's rare that the guy like if they, if you go completely untouched, a pass rusher, that's a major fuck up, wouldn't you say, from the O line. Right. If a guy's just untouched. So even like when Aaron Donald or Khalil Mack get a guy, they're still being slowed as they're running over the lineman. And if you think about it, Aaron Rodgers, and I compared their playing styles because they do have some parallels, makes a ton of plays outside the pocket. He's another guy that you go, well, I don't know if he's he has an injury his, you know, an injury prone, but he's been hurt a lot because he scrambles around a lot. So you just put yourself in disaster situations. To me, the scary part about Nick is like he's like Jimmy's, you could argue that, and you're like, okay, you just need to play smarter, maybe he can't avoid it, and there's a chance like Nick's. There's no avoiding like contact and shit, right? You just you're you're in them. You're the line of scrimmage. Like you're just you're just gonna be hitting people every play. Well, even I, when yeah. you're not making tackles. But they're shit. not like, contact. He's just in a physical. He's just in a thing. physical position. Yeah. But they're not contact. That's the scary. Like to me, it'd be one thing. Like I just know Carl Joseph. His shoulders are just. I'm all. I'm gonna cringe every time he makes a big hit. And if 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 Reuben Foster had never. Hurt his knee, I would cringe every time. Well, he what would you what, makes a big what would you set the over under on Nick Bosa's games played this year? Would you I mean, okay? I'll give you eight, eight, eight and a half. Eight, yeah, you? I was gonna say eight, eight and a half. Guys, to me, the, eight and a half that's a fucking disaster. Well, yeah, like my question on that. Let's if I could change it a little, I'd be like, you know what's, how low that number is? What's the I mean, number? What's the number that I would have to set it at that you would not even consider the over? Like 14, you would not consider the over, right? Would you consider the over if I said 12? Or like 11 and a half, would you consider the over? I think, Guy, if he misses five or six games, which is basically a month of the season, that would be John and Kyle are going to start getting some shit, even if they're winning. Like, do these guys know when they're picking guys? Like, are they factoring in the injuries enough? Because, again, like, even if, let's say, they make playoffs because Jimmy's like the MVP of the league, but, like, Nick Bosa's not playing – Macro, like making the playoffs, or I guess micro making the playoffs would be a big deal. But macro, you'd be like, they they can't keep like the Eagles. Part of their why they're sustained winning is because they get good quarterback play. But Fletcher's always on the field. Aaron Donald, like you need you need other good players to always be there. You can't just expect the guy to fucking carry the team. Yeah, I do think though, winning and losing does affect these things in a big way. I, I agree, but I'm just saying like they had the number two overall pick. And if it's kind of clear, like, is this guy ever going to be on the field moving forward? Like, that's a pretty big, if his impact is just meh. Right, or but, I, like but I'm saying, if you're winning, it doesn't matter. Like, you get, I think you it, get away I, with I it. I think it will a little bit. If you, because, to me, if you're winning, then none of that, like, none of that stuff matters to the degree that it affects yeah, anything Yeah, I'm not saying get fired or anything. I'm just saying, like, we're going to talk a lot about Nick Bosa, beside even Jimmy. Because he's going to get compared to, like, a couple of the other top picks. Like, what if Devin White is one of the best players in the well, NFL? Well, yeah, year? this is the difference between drafting. When you draft that high, now, exactly. You, your guy's getting compared to every other guy that went after him that you could have picked. But part of being good also is, guy, okay, let's say we think they're going to be competitive. They're going to need more than just Jimmy kicking it. Like, you're going to need some other players to play well, whether that's Debo. So, the, so, yeah, they would get like, oh, Debo's making plays, this guy's making plays. Okay, they're going to need three or four guys and a couple on defense. So whether that's D Ford, like they are going to depend on some of these guys because those guys are just their best players to be doing. Like part of the reason the Chiefs are good, like who makes plays for the Chiefs? Well, Mahomes, Tyreek, Hunt, Kelsey, and Chris Jones and D Ford. Like it's all their pro yeah, bowl. Yeah, I'm just saying if they're good, it's going to be because of all these other guys they have acquired. D Ford. I, I think it's 
I think they need Nick Bosa. But if they're good, you probably argue like they're probably going to need Nick Bosa to be pretty good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is I think if if he's hurt for a long time, it's going to make it a lot harder for them to be really good. Which would be a problem just gets back to like you guys drafted this guy that we all knew was hurt. Like, why did you has been hurt? I mean, he was medically cleared at the combine, right? Yeah, well, he's hurt again now. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, to be fair. Yeah, he now, worked. He but here's good. the other factor. Jalen Hurd is hurt. Drafted hurt. Right? I think you could stomach the third rounder. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like, you draft a hurt guy. Like, maybe you get, what's with all the hurt guys? You have to admit, like, they're not doing as many ACL guys like Balky, so they're <laughs> getting somewhat of a pass. But they have just, they're fucking around with a lot of injured guys. Look, they signed Quan Alexander. Who was like, whoa, Quanah? Oh, he has a torn ACL. Like you have to admit, they're signing a lot of fucking injured guys. Well, D Ford hasn't been the healthiest guy in the world. Yeah, Quan Alexander, D Ford, Nick Bosa, Jalen Hurd. The four of their enormous acquisitions this year have a long history. Uh, Jason Barrett, he's literally tore his Achilles. Played one game. Most three like years. borderline going to retire. Guy, they re-signed Jimmy Ward, who's always hurt. And what happened? Got hurt. How often do you hear a broken collarbones in OTA? How is that possible? I guess he dove. I, I guess that is the only way it's possible. Yeah, to me, you just to me the broken collarbone is a padded injury usually, right? Right. It's not a non-padded injury. Like the one injuries I think you're scared of at OTAs are like hammies and muscle pulls, and then the devastating an ACL or Achilles. Didn't happen to Crabtree at OTAs the Achilles, and then he came back that season. Macklin tore his ACL. I think Crabtree was at OTAs. You get the occasional non-contact. It must have been because he wouldn't have made it back from the season if it was. Yeah, devastating non-contact injuries. And then just your muscle pulls. You usually don't get like, so-and-so broke his leg. And you're like, what? That happens with a helmet to the leg, right? You know, pad to the leg, a goal line drill, a preseason injury. Like sometimes once a preseason game start, you get some devastating injuries. Yeah. Damn, that dude just right. shattered seven it's ribs. A, yeah, it's a football game. Yeah. You just, I, I just... I don't know, man. Well, I feel better about it if you told me somebody ran into Nick Bosa and broke his collarbone. 100%. You'd be like, that sucks, but it's understandable. It's just some he, freak injury. I'm that... telling you, guy, the, the drills that he was doing, he got hurt in, were pretty just mundane football, normal, low-level shit. I mean, just... Now, as Matt Barrows tweeted yesterday, in fairness... Josh Allen's already hurt and Quentin Williams already hurt. One one with a knee and one with a calf. So it's like, I think the top guys, especially those like three or four guys, the defensive linemen, because everyone in the top ten were just kind of unsure. I don't think, would you imagine that during the month of like late uh, March and then all of April, they were working out that hard, just given their time flying all over the place, all the media requirements, then going to the draft. Like you're asking a lot of these guys just to hit the ground running with a bunch of your your veteran guys who have been training with the team. Like it's not really a fair fight. Honestly, it's not that shocking to see a lot of these guys go down. To me, the key is just ease them in. You, you don't need them running with the ones day one. You know, I, I you could argue just let them work on the side because you gain nothing obviously once the guy's hurt. So you just got to make sure he's in, in football shape. I, I think basketball does a good job of this. They kind of ease guys in the games. Yeah. In, fo- in football, too often the coaches, and I don't blame them. We're all like this. We want to see guys play. Just throw him, let him play. He's only, he's going to be on a pitch count. As the game goes on, it's like he just never comes off the field. Can't help it. You got you got to be careful. I get it during the season. Like if, you know, let's say you got to win or get in or something. Totally. But in, in, in May 22nd with Nick Bosa, if, if you would have told me we're leaving him on the side of the field, he's 100% healthy, but we got to get him in shape before he practices, who would complain? Think about being a baseball guy, by the way, just to finish this thought. is like you draft a guy, then he goes and plays if he's in the postseason, or he might go play football. Then he, if not either one of those things, then you get him and you put him in like rookie ball for a few months, and then – Maybe in the winter he does something, and then he comes to spring training, but there's no chance he's going to be in your big league club that year. It's just you never, like, three years just reading reports and watching some videos and going to watch them before you even consider 99% of these guys making them big leaguers. 
Somebody pulls a hammy, it doesn't matter. He's three years away anyway. I'm two years away. Why do I even care? Like, am I going to train super, super hard? It'd be hard. Thing is, you're in these places. You play baseball. You're just like, I just got to move up. I just got to get out of here. Well, that would be. It'd be easy to get. It would be easy to get motivated once the actual single A season starts. You're like, this fucking sucks. (laughs) All right. On that note. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Oh yeah, Happy Memorial Day weekend, everybody. Have a great weekend. The weather. The weather's been just pretty crappy. It doesn't. It doesn't quite feel like Memorial Day, does it? No, but that's why you get out and play golf at 6 a.m. before the weather, before you even know what it's going to be. You know? Exactly. It's all the same at 6. Yep. Atta boy. Later. Peace. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.